This episode is brought to you by WeatherGuard Lightning Tech. At WeatherGuard, we make wind turbine lightning protection easy. If you're a wind farm operator, stop settling for damaged turbine blades and constant downtime. Get your uptime back with our strike tape lightning protection system. Learn more in today's show notes or visit weatherguardwind.com slash strike tape. Welcome back. I'm Alan Hall. I'm Dan Blewett, and this is the Uptime Podcast, where we talk about wind energy, engineering, lightning protection, and ways to keep your wind turbines running. All right, welcome back to the Uptime Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dan Blewett, joined here by Alan Hall, our resident lightning protection expert. Alan, how you doing? Great, Dan. How's it been down there? Hey, things are looking sunny. It is uh, DC in the summer now. A lot of sun and a lot of humidity. And uh, obviously, there's still been a lot of turmoil in the country. But you know, things are things are looking up. It's uh, it's transitioning to summer, so you can't be too unhappy about that. So Washington DC is actually built on a swamp, right? That's what, uh, that's what I've heard. Very mosquitoy. Very, that's yeah. what I wonder. Is the other is it mosquito season yet? Not yet, but I've heard that that's, that's a common. So, <laughs> yeah. Growing up, I mean, I grew up in Maryland, an hour north, so it was always humid and hot in the summer. But uh, And there's mosquitoes, obviously, everywhere. But I'm yet to experience full-time residency of the D.C. mosquitoes. So we'll see. And have we'll you, see. Have you seen your murder hornets yet? They've invaded Washington, D.C.? No, I don't want any Asian giant hornets anywhere near me. <laughs> have you seen those? They've had a sort of similar thing called cicada killers. Have you seen those? No. They're very big. They're like the same three, they're like three inch long. And they have those in Maryland. We had some like right near my house, like in my backyard. But they don't, they don't like have a stinger where they would ever attack a human. They just literally, their thing is they will paralyze a cicada with their sting and drag it down to their hole. They live on it like a thumb-sized hole in the ground oh and they'll drag God. a cicada back down to their children wow um, but those those are so big and until i like looked them up and figured out that they weren't they weren't harm they're harmless i would like see them outside and swat at them then they'd come around and be like i'm sorry i'm sorry sir like don't <laughs> don't spare spare me i didn't mean it i didn't mean it but if that's a real thing with these Asian giant hornets, like the same size, but they are vicious, I don't want any part of that. Right. No, no thank yeah. you. Well, you, you can keep them down south where it's warmer. Up here where it snows a lot, I, I think they'll want to stay where that's a little more balmy. We're too yeah, cold. We're just too cold. On. I'm going to sneak onto the next SpaceX launch and just <laughs> leave this planet for good. <laughs> Bugs are only getting bigger now. It's terrifying. Yeah. So, but speaking of things uh, getting bigger, um, GE has just, or now has a competitor to their world's biggest Halley 8X uh, wind turbine with Siemens Gamesa. So what's the news there, Alan? Well, everybody's trying to show how big they are. And Siemens Gamesa is coming out with a 222-meter diameter rotor offshore wind turbine which is what a meter or two longer than the than the GE Halliade system. Yeah. So the Halliade X, which has a cool name, it does. is 220 meters rotor diameter with 107 meter blades and the Siemens Gamesa SG14-222 double D. Just a <laughs> just an astonishingly bad name. 
is a 222 meter rotor diameter so literally two meters longer and 108 meter long blades so it's just like exactly we're just at that point in history like with the uh uh skyscrapers where it's like we're just gonna put a little taller lightning rod and now our building's the biggest in the world right and then they add an addition like put a direct tv dish on top of their building and now they're the highest building in the world i think we're just at that point which is comical it's very interesting but at least if you're if you're making the world's biggest wind turbine give it a cool name the SG14-222DD is terrible. <laughs> it sounds That's pathetic. Like, it sounds like one of Elon Musk's children. You know what is that about, right? Uh, it's they, they gotta, you know, well, they gotta do better. You gotta do better. I, I know Siemens. I, I know Gamesa can totally do better, and Siemens should be able to do better too. So the two can get together and powwow about it and go, "Hey, here's a cool name for the largest wind turbine blade known to man." Bang! It is the blah blah blah. Name it. <laughs> yeah, it need, it needs to have a cool name. I mean, that's yeah. the biggest in the world. I mean, yeah, it it needs to be better than that. It you don't Ferrari doesn't come out with a new model and call it the model seventeen dash six four four. It's like <laughs> no, the Ferrari. No. Yeah, whatever. Enzo. Um, right. right uh. Yeah, it's got to have a name that fits. This thing's massive. It looks super powerful. It's 14 megawatts up to 15 megawatts uh, with like their power boost technology. They and should they should have a naming contest. They need to have a naming contest. Everybody can go to Twitter and put in your put in your name for the blade. Right? Come on, we're all at home yeah. with coronavirus. We got nothing to do. We can think of some names. Let's go. Yeah, this is the wind turbine that takes the lunch money and shoves all the other wind turbines into their lockers. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> but it's called the SG14-222DD. So it's not scary enough, right? That, that well, it, well, it's bully yeah, it's bullying other it's bullying other wind turbines <laughs> because it got picked on so much because of its weird name. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Well, but, you, so they go ahead. Well, you, you know, a blade of that size is going to have carbon fiber in it, a lot of it, uh, to keep the stiffness right, so that uh, yeah. the thing doesn't collapse on its own weight. It's, it's, well, I, they have a really gent, gentle curve in the blades. I'm looking at the video here, and uh, the blades look really elegant. Like they have a really like soft curve towards the tips. They don't have winglets, which we talked about in a previous yeah. uh, ep- episode. Yeah. But what do you think of that blade design? Is that kind of to replace? or you know not need that winglet uh it depends on how much energy they're trying to drive out of it the, the surface is so large i can't imagine an extra <laughs> well well i guess they did make it two meters longer than ge right so i but i can't mm-hmm. imagine another meter of of blade length is going to make a lick of difference on the power generation there but maybe it mm-hmm. would uh but let's go back to the name thing gentle giant right uh come on Let's pick something. Father Earth. Father Earth. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I I think just corralling uh, us with its big blades. Yeah, yeah. I think we need a, a TikTok uh, convention to get on this so we can figure out what the name of this blade. But uh, yeah, you know that that's a very interesting point. It, when you go back and look at a lot of different blade names, I, maybe they highly maybe we're getting spoiled. Maybe that's what problem, Dan, is we're getting spoiled because GE actually came out with a really cool name for a blade, and we've only seen like Gamesa G8, G9, um, 
LM likes to list their blades by numbers. So maybe GE's setting the trend here. When we're getting spoiled with Halliade, right? Maybe we can goad him into doing some cool names. Because even even Elon Musk's rockets are named. And the launch pads mm-hmm. are named. And the barges are named. And uh, mm-hmm. capsules are named. What did they name the capsule that just went up? Was it... Uh, was it Endeavor? Falcon? Or no, uh, the Dragon. Dragon. Dragon, so but the I, capsule. Yeah, but I think the capsule, the astronauts uh, named Endeavor. Right, so it's like Dragon. Yeah, there's Dragon, then there's Falcon, then there's maybe Dragon's the model, but the actual capsule itself was Endeavor. Yeah, everything, they've named everything. Either way. Right. They, they, they named it, yeah, which is the right thing to do. Do you know what yeah. Halliade, uh, what it means? Hopefully it means Big Blade. So, well, they've had a bunch in their, like, Halliade series. So, they yeah. had, like, the 6 megawatts. So, they've, that's been, like, a series. But uh, Halliade, H-A-L-I-A-E, were the nymphs of the sea. They were often depicted as beautiful maidens, often riding through the sea on the backs of hippocampi, fish-tailed horses, and dolphins. So, that's where Halliade comes from. So, they, they did. They, like, really named it because they assumed that was going to be, obviously, an offshore yeah. wind turbine. So... Kudos to you, GE. You're second best now, but first in naming. First, first in, naming. in naming. Right. <laughs> Which, if I was Siemens Gamesa, I would call it the Poseidon because. There you go. See, he's, not- like, he's like the rule. He's the ruler of the sea. Aquaman, so, something. Come on, right? Yeah, we're not sea nymphs. We're the we're we're the, the king. But well, GE has time now, right? Because GE just sold off their light bulb division. So yeah, tell us tell us about that. Well, you know, you know, the light bulbs, we always think of General Electric. When you think of General Electric, think of Thomas Edison. And when you think of Thomas Edison, everybody gets to the incandescent light bulb. And GE has been an incandescent light bulb ever since then. And has recently, well, there's been some just a bad downturn on GE on some investments on the insurance side in particular that they've really struggled with. So they're uh, been offloading some of their divisions to square up their financials and the, the light bulb business was one of them which has got to be a little yeah. hard pill to swallow right and that's the thing you started with and uh, now you're in jet engines and wind turbine blades you're in some really interesting industries but that one i'm sure really tugged at a lot of people's heartstrings yeah so it says they sold their 129 year old lighting division to smart home company savant systems hmm. so yeah, it is. It does seem like it's the end of an era, and like you said, the dismantling of of GE and their yeah. many businesses. But yeah, they've uh, they're not um, recommended as a good stock to invest in. They have a lot of debt, and so they're trying to get out from under it. So they will. I think that they will. It, but it always every any time I any time I hear the argument about how Amazon's taking over the world or and or Facebook, I always go one word, GE that you, you think these industries and these companies are going to last forever. And at one point, I don't know how many people they employed, but dang, they're 100,000, maybe more. Um, mm-hmm. It would have to be more than that at one point. And now they're way got to be way below that. So, you know, it's not how the mighty has fallen. It's just like the economics of the time. And it's hard for big businesses to keep changing with the times. And But at least, at least you got to give GE credit. I mean, they, they took a hard look at the books. They made some really hard decisions about a year ago, and they're trying to enact them. Even through all this coronavirus stuff that's going on, uh, they're trying to get their the house squared away. And on the wind turbine side, it seems like they're doing a pretty good job of it. 
that's for sure. They are aggressive marketing. Uh, they're aggressive on design. They've got some really interesting concepts coming out. They got some aggressive offshore stuff coming out. So, um, yeah, things are looking up. So even if the light bulb business does go away, and I'm sure it hurts, at least there's a future for GE. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, speaking of the other two, Amazon and, and Facebook, it seems like as much as Amazon is not necessarily beloved in all aspects, like you know, some of their treatment of workers, there's lots of issues there. Right. They still seem to be doing, at least right now, a lot more benevolent work for the world. I don't know if that's the right word to put it, but you know, they're putting money into research and mm. they're potentially going into healthcare in the future. Yeah. If anyone's gonna find and be able to distribute a vaccine for COVID nineteen, it's gonna be Amazon. Like they're gonna probably right. be in that. Right. Whereas Facebook, their employees are now retiring. You know, I just saw a an employee said he was just ashamed of the company what they're doing and he just couldn't couldn't work there anymore just mm. just can't just because of the moral compass of uh, of Zuckerberg so mm. they seem to be going in two different ways i mean regardless of your feelings of Bezos he does seem like a very shrewd smart like innovator obviously in business i mean there's no doubting that no um and even though there might be some shortcomings there it seems like very different leadership styles and uh and and moral compasses but doesn't that seem to drive doesn't that seem to sync up a little bit though and maybe it's just part of its luck part of its skill but ge had jack welsh forever and um even before him there's some pretty well jack welsh is the one everybody remembers because that's sort of the quote-unquote recent heyday of ge but Mm -hmm. there's something to having a uh, sort of a smart CEO, executive staff, uh, management that can drive the company forward. And when you don't have that, you you struggle. So it's like having the the best pitcher in baseball. It makes a huge difference on the opportunity to win a ball game. It does matter too. And Bezos is one of those. Elon Musk's another. You can get list them all off. Tim Cook, Apple. You you know you can start listing off those people, uh, and. we'll see how this all really rolls in the next six months or so. I would like to get a better sense of it in six months from now. I I hate predicting what happens when we're in the midst of some sort of turmoil because you just hope Mm -hmm. everybody gets out of it and then we'll figure out (laughs) what stability looks like in a a couple of months. Yeah, so some some unfortunate uh, lightning news coming out of India. Yeah. So... 264 deaths between February and May mm. just from lightning strikes. Yeah. How is that going on? Not having places to shelter, typically, uh, especially if you're outdoors. E- even in the United States, and that happened in the United States, still does. Um, not to those numbers, though. Because the temptation if you're outdoors is to shelter under a tree, and trees tend to be lightning rods. <laughs> And um, also, you see a lot of times farmers, even in the States, you'll see lightning strikes out in the field. And if you're just stuck out there, it's really hard to get away from lightning strikes. And I don't know if you saw, was it this past week where they had a bunch of lightning strikes uh, up in Canada and Washington State? I think they had almost Mm -hmm. like 50% of the year's total in lightning strikes in one storm. like what the heck's going on there right so so much sometimes these really freak things happen when you have so many just more lightning strikes and i i 
kind of correlate that to, and there's been some discussion about this recently of lightning strikes being triggered by um, uh, essentially particles coming from the sun or solar radiation, um, making the air in the atmosphere a little more conducive to lightning strikes and changing the way that electricity happens. You got to you got to wonder if it's not something like that going on. Uh, things like the aurora borealis, right? So these you have these particles hitting the atmosphere, and you see this light discharge. There's 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 a thought that lightning could be caused by that, or you can have more lightning strikes and things like that are happening. So it looks sounds like this part of the year is just going to be really high lightning strikes. Maybe it's part of the coronavirus fallout. It's <laughs> affecting the atmosphere. I mean, nothing surprising at this point, whether it's nope. more lightning than the Kraken rises out of this ocean to just, you know, take terrorize the U.S. for a while. It's just like 2020 is 2020 is a nightmare. It's a weird just, year, right? We barely, it's the worst. It's the, we barely got into it. And the next thing you know, we're on lockdown. And now now the Kraken's coming. So. I mean, I'd be surprised if it didn't at this point. It just just knocking off you know swatting down <laughs> offshore wind turbines and yeah clawing up onto the oh. onto the, the the beaches oh my gosh so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's because it's a, it's 2020 this is some weird i mean i don't believe in any of that stuff but we haven't had a, a you know i don't know what kind of number you call that but like since 1919 2020 yeah next one's coming in third in 30 30 yeah we won't see that one so, hopefully so, so, well no no 21 21 21 what oh, am i doing okay come on damn math yeah really i just leaped a thousand years but right i don't know maybe they're the the world is just spinning on a different axis right now because of boy it, it seems but, like it doesn't it it totally seems like it because even even like this uh i uh saw that lightning strike down in oklahoma city those guys working at the air force base and their security struck, truck got struck by lightning while they're in the truck, and then the truck catches fire and essentially burns to the ground. You're like, holy smokes, you know? Come on, and talk about a bad year for those guys. <laughs> you're out there doing your job, you're in a metal truck, you think, well, what the heck, right? You know, it's thunderstorm, it's Oklahoma, for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of lightning, and then blammo, <laughs> your truck your truck gets yeah, hit. Blammo, blammo, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> it's like sure. a good comic book, uh, comic book. Blammo. It's like Batman Wham, punching a guy in the right. face. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm sure, I kind of wonder how loud that sounds when that happens, because you have to think it's got to be like a sledgehammer hitting you in the side of the head. Uh, even if you're inside a vehicle, it's got to be loud. <laughs> and every every electrical circuit inside that truck is probably sparking and sparking and humming after that and then the truck burns to the ground so they were very fortunate to get out of it but it's again one of those what the heck's up with 2020 kind of events right come on yeah well and and one of the things that's slowly getting some traction now in 2020 is uh which we've talked about briefly in the past which is um wind turbine recycling of these blades mm. So, you know, there's a, a good report from Wind Europe about some of the methods that they're trying to, but a lot of these things just aren't up to scale yet to, you know, shred these blades and nah. and find a really, like, good home because they're so big. And these materials just, they're just not going anywhere. I mean, no. 108 meters now for the new Gamisa one. Yeah. You know, and, uh, like, what are we going to do with this as a lot of these start to, 
you know hit their shelf life and come off the uh, of active duty yeah they gotta you can't make them all into playgrounds right like there's some <laughs> cool ones that they're making into playgrounds but that's a lot of kids don't even go out kids don't even go outside anymore you got to make them you got to find a way to make them into video game consoles <laughs> then we'll be in good shape yeah we could super mario but, brothers right uh yeah well you, you know it gets back to some discussions we've had this week which is you really 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 need to start pushing the lifetime of these blades out as much as humanly possible and and in the wind turbine as a as a complete system needs to be living longer it's the same i'll, I'll give you the same sort of thing in aircraft that this week was a sort of a notable week in the aviation world because uh delta airlines was the last real airline company to be flying the mcdonnell douglas MD-88s and MD-90s, and so they just shut them down this week. And those airplanes were designed, I think, in the early to mid-70s, uh, hmm. DC-9s, right? <clears throat> so those airplanes have, have had roughly, roughly a 40 to 50-year sort of service period. Uh, and a lot of airplanes are still flying that are over 50 years old, and they were never intended to do that. But just we, we put the technology back into them, we sort of cleaned them up and made sure they were structurally okay and kept them in service longer and we need to do that we need to be doing those things that keep those wind turbines operating longer and figure out ways to do that rather than dumping them into a landfill right yeah if we got something functional great and you know you think about a lot of a lot of the electrical components all the copper and the steel and those kind of things are recyclable bits the tower is recyclable uh, but the blades really aren't at least not yet and we need to get to the point of having, when we get there, because we're going to get there, everybody, thermoplastics. Epoxies are going to go away. Thermoplastics, which are going to be recyclable, reusable. We need to get to a reusable plastic or something that we can recycle and or extend in the life of the blades as long as we can. Um, because we just, can't, we just can't go through these cycles. We just can't do it. Um, if, if, we're, if we're trying to clean up the oceans and trying to clean up the landfills and all that and then you know i think the wind turbine market is doing a pretty good job of that but we need to be thinking ahead a little bit longer too yeah yeah um so last topic before we wrap for today uh so the new uh siemens gamesa 1875 <laughs> whatever dd you know DD. call sign um it's got a direct drive. So what are some yeah. of the advantages of the direct drive versus the, the regular like geared gearbox? Most wind turbines are geared. So the, if you think of the hub and the, the, the blades spinning, they're actually driving a transmission like in a car. And mm -hmm. so the, it takes the relatively slow rotations of the blade and ramps them up uh, considerably. So everything internally in the generator is spinning much faster. The problem with that, and it gets back to the lifetime issue, is anything that's geared where you're putting a lot of stress on it over a long period of time, parts get fatigued. Just like in your car, you know, car transmissions mm -hmm. don't run forever. Well, the same thing's happening in these gearboxes, that the gearboxes wear out, and you can't constantly maintain them. Uh, and you obviously are providing maintenance to them, but at some point, there's only so much you can do. They're going to wear, and they're going to event eventually fail so one of the more recent ways of addressing that is to, to remove the gearbox out of it and just take the, the the rotor blades in the 
rotor and drive it into a, a, a basically a permanent magnet generator. So the most simplest form of creating electricity is a spinning a magnet around or a coil of wire around a permanent magnet. Um, so it's a much simpler system. There's less copper in a permanent magnet generator than in a geared system. So there's some cost savings, potentially cost saving. It's gotta be lighter weight. Um, and mm -hmm. the, the permanent magnets are much better. It's kind of like the battery technology has been more recently. The permanent magnet technology has been better because of the materials we can put into the magnets. So direct drive is, is most likely gonna be the future and it's just less things to break, which is the goal, right? So even if it may cost a little bit more money, it's probably gonna get you to that 20 year service life everybody's wanting to get to. Direct drive, and it's not surprising that Siemens Gamesa is offering a direct drive on this new turbine. Not, not at all, not at all. Gotcha, is that at all similar to like the brushless motor technology that they have in uh, like these new high powered, um, similar. like handheld drills, like these electric drills? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's different ways to go about it. I don't want to get into too much detail about <laughs> electricity here because it's hard to describe mm -hmm. without you physically seeing it. But um, mm -hmm. there are brush. Most things are there's brushes and there's non and there's like there's electronics to do it. And there's there's a lot of different ways to go about it for efficiencies. Um, you know, it, it relates to because the question about efficiency sort of ties into. Uh, what to do with excess power. So it had, did you see that uh, discussion? I think it was, um, I think it was Elon Musk or one of them talking about using wind turbines to create hydrogen gas fuel in the nighttime mm -hmm. when there's nothing else going on. Uh, when the wind turbines are spinning, you can't use the power on the grid just to make hydrogen with it. But I'm telling you, that's where we're going. Uh, again, using the energy where you can to, to it's hydrogen is like a storage facility. It's essentially what it is. It's like a hydrogen battery. Um, I saw that again this week. There seems to be a lot more things there. And keep there's more just talk about this new uh, Tesla battery system where they, they're talking about the million hour battery uh, that Tesla supposedly has developed with a, a Chinese battery company. It percolates up about every two weeks. Like they keep saying they're going to mm -hmm. announce it, going to announce it, going to announce it. And they were supposed to announce it back in March, and now we're, we're way past March. So um, a lot of exciting things coming up. Uh, we just got to keep our ear to the ground and, and see what see what comes of it. Yeah, the battery technology seems like a really interesting one. There's a lot of companies working on these big energy storage batteries for you know, for small towns, for potentially just like the, the grid applications, not just like the in-home applications or cars or stuff like that. So yeah. that's pretty, it's it's pretty interesting to see how that'll change things in the future. Yeah, your world and my world will change dramatically if we have this million hour, million mile battery, whatever they want to call it. If that is not just theoretical in somebody's head, but if that is a real thing that they can actually produce and manufacture at some quantity, our lives change a lot in the next 10 years, a lot. So now I never I never have to go outside. I can just play my whole life becomes a video game. <laughs> yeah, you just plug into the to the matrix there, Dan. And I just I just go interact with the world with my avatar. My avatar is battery powered and just 
That yes. Sounds, sounds good. Take your avatar for a walk. Take your avatar dog for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> just the whole avatar life. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. how they get you. They upsell you. Like, you just by going for the one avatar. And then they upsell you the avatar dog. And then you have the avatar cat. And then the avatar wife. And then a couple of avatar children. And then suddenly... You can't get away from it. Know, right. Yeah. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> everything, everything is an upsell, Dan. Everything's an upsell. And then, you, and then your avatar feels left out that they don't have an avatar. So you have an avatar for your avatar. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, it's where life's going. But hmm. yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting tech for sure. I just want the self-driving car. That's where I'm I'm at. Of course, I'm not really driving much anyway. But <laughs> You're going to sell your car, get, right? <laughs> <That's, laughs> this is true. But to get another city, I don't have to drive myself there. I can actually like work on the, my drive. Yeah, that's you never get those hours back. I would love to never drive myself in a car again. It'd be great. Yeah, but how are you going to listen to your ebooks? You can't listen the only yeah, while I'm reclining in my well. self-driving car. What are you? What are you thinking? I'm thinking you're going to do work in your in the self-driving car. Now I'm here. You're going to listen to ebooks. Okay. <laughs> I can do whatever I want to do because I'm uh, not driving myself. That sounds like a but. Super Mario Brothers uh, event. That's what it sounds like. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, we're going to wrap up today's episode of Uptime. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're a regular here, thank you for your continued support. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to check out the WeatherGuard Lightning Tech YouTube channel for video episodes, full interviews, and short clips from each show. For Alan and all of us at WeatherGuard, stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Is downtime causing you financial pain and putting a stop to your power production for months on end? It's no secret, lightning strike damage is a major cause of wind turbine downtime. This damage is preventable with our easy-to-install strike tape lightning protection system for wind turbine blades. Our incredible engineering, build quality, materials, and edge sealants withstand up to five times more abuse in the toughest weather and lightning conditions. And we've got the research to prove it. If you're tired of constant downtime, we can help. Reach out to us at weatherguardwind.com and schedule a free call. We'll get your uptime back in no time.